Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix's 101st film. It's the 2018 comedy, Like Father. It's directed by Lauren Miller, and it stars Kristen Bell, Kelsey Grammer, and Seth Rogen. I am Jesse, and I'm on the line with MJ. How are you doing? I'm well, mate. How are you? Good, good. We're using a different platform to uh, record today, so we're hoping that um, it goes smoothly, I guess, is the way of putting it. Well, I think we got excited a few episodes ago when we were able to record in person again. Uh, and then obviously we're back down into lockdown and I think we've had a couple of episodes that have been a bit iffy with audio. So we'll see how this one goes. Sounding so good so far. So um, yeah, and I can actually <laughs> see you doing this way, which is uh, a little bit different because we've been recording um, without being able to see each other. So that has made it a little bit tricky at times too. The things we do for this podcast, Jesse. <laughs> so 101 we we are into the hundreds now which is uh, exciting we start our show with our fast flicks so mj hit us off with what you think well sorry not what you think but what your fast flicks is for like father yeah this was a hard one we, it's very easy to make it sound very generic and i tried hard not to but we'll see how we go so Father and a daughter who haven't spoken in 25 years come together during a time in their lives where they really need family whether they know it or not Nice. I, I think that's, uh, you put that nicely because yeah, I agree. This was, it's a tricky one to sort of put together without mm. going through plot by plot, I guess, is the, the, the thing you might fall into doing that. So yeah, well done. I yeah. like that. I've, mine's still, I've just said that it's a workaholic who gets stuck on a cruise with an absent father needing to readjust her focus. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. So Good. I like that. Okay. This is, um, the, this is the time of our show where you get to shine. I like this part. This is where you give us a little bit of a background <laughs> on how the, the film was put together. So fill me in on how this was done, this film. I do love that organically this has become my part. And now I feel, I feel this obligation to, <laughs> well, to basically to scale Wikipedia, but um, basically <laughs> to get this right. Because I know if I don't, then, uh, then I'll let you down. I don't want to let you down. So... Well, I just, I just skip I over it. I look at it and I go, uh-huh. I look at it and I'm like, <laughs> not going to bother, not going to bother. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, well, here's some information that you probably didn't know. It was July 2017 when they announced Kristen Bell and Kelsey Grammer were going to star in the film. Um, it was going to be the directorial debut of Lauren Miller, uh, Lauren Miller-Rogan, um, who also wrote the screenplay. And from what I can gather, they sold the script to Netflix back in 2016 which would have been pretty ballsy back then because this was pretty early days for Netflix original films. So they sold it back in 2016. Um, so Lauren Miller wrote it, sold it. Netflix eventually got her back on to direct it. Um, but she basically started writing the screenplay back in 2012. And to her own accord, she says that it took her two years and 17 drafts before she actually get it into any sort of filmable shape. Wow. Um, so then, yeah, we got Netflix on board nice and early. They got Lauren Miller back to direct. Principal photography for the film took place in New York and the Caribbean in August 2017. Uh, some of the film was, was filmed on an actual cruise ship called Harmony of the Seas. Uh, I think it's an, an Oasis-class cruise ship. I don't know what the classes are for cruise ships, but Oasis sounds like <laughs> a pretty high-class one. I wouldn't mind going on an Oasis one. Um, and I'd love to say it was a pretty seamless uh, filming experience, but they were actually delayed by Hurricane Irma back when they started filming. So the cast and the crew got evacuated to Disney World for six days because um, they couldn't get back down to Miami to get on the ship. 
during that time, they actually shot a little short film to try and uh, try and kill the time where they were, I guess that's a preparation for what life is right now, being, <laughs> being stuck in your homes. Uh, and they also helped out with a lot of senior citizens while they were there, because I think they stayed with a whole bunch of senior citizens. So um, they eventually got back, they filmed the film. Uh, in June 2018 was when a trailer for the film was released. And this was the first time they revealed that Seth Rogen was actually going to co-star. Uh, and then the film released a month and a half Oh, month and a bit later on August 3, 2018. Yeah, that's yeah, you've you've covered all the little bits. My my highlight was obviously the the staying at Disney World. I thought that was cool. Um I thought you might like that. Yeah, I did like that. Uh I, I looked in a little bit like I have recently of uh translations of the title in uh, different languages. So this one, mm. uh, yeah, in in Polish and Portuguese, the title is like father, like daughter. So I guess that's a little bit uh-huh. of a, maybe in translation, it makes more sense. It's more of a saying in, in that, oh, those that. languages. Um, in Greek, it's called daddy's daughter, which I thought was, which I thought was quite funny. Um, German, <laughs> it's called like the father. And in Spanish, it's daughter of her father. So um, all little different takes <laughs> on um, like father. So not, not, nothing too massively different, but uh, just, just these little interpretations. Um, I do like that you find that. Yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed having a look just to see. You know, you look at it, and I've got no idea what it says. I'm like, let's translate it, see what it looks like. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's with that one. The yeah, the yeah, that's I haven't really got too much else. Like you mentioned, filmed Jamaica, Florida, New York, Netflix on the third of August, 2018, worldwide. Um, I guess we can talk about some critical consensus for this one. What, well, what before you... I, I probably left out one thing about um, so Lauren Miller Rogan is is Seth Rogan's um, wife. Yes, and initially, so Seth Rogen's in the film, as we spoke about, wasn't supposed to be in the film. Um, basically, they had someone else playing this guy, this Canadian man called Jeff, and they started talking about whether uh, it'd be something that Seth wanted to do, and he wasn't interested in it. And then they started sort of spitballing some of the funny lines that he had and how it would work. And he was kind of like, you know what, you know, I'm just going to bloody do it. So <laughs> I think she was initially pretty nervous about directing her husband, but. Uh, but she said when she got onto the set she was completely calm and quote unquote uh, there's no one I trust more than him in the world so it worked out pretty yeah. nicely I th- thought that was a very nice little um, little, little <laughs> quote from her there's okay. also a, a funny scene in it where Seth Rogen <laughs> or Jeff's character basically <laughs> basically says that he's never smoked anything in his in his life and that 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 line was written for the character prior to Seth Rogen even being part of it because you know Jeff was obviously this really sincere wholesome kind of guy but the line obviously became super funny because Seth Rogen is basically famous for smoking marijuana in almost every film he does and in real life so so that was great yes that was good um all right good consensus time Phyllis and MJ what have you got for the consensus on this one um, yeah, not too bad, to be honest. It's a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. And we're talking 17,500 ratings for that number. Uh, and a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd off just over 8,500 ratings. It's a bit lower on Letterboxd, but uh, anything over a 6 on IMDb is a pretty solid effort. Yeah, the, the Google users like this one. This was sitting at 85%, so pretty pretty high on that end compared to some of the lower ones we have seen recently. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, not a fan though, not a fan at all. Rotten Tomatoes had it at 46%, um, and that's on 41 reviews, so that's uh, rotten. And the audience on Rotten Tomatoes was exactly the same. It sat at 46% as well on a bit over 500. 
That's, yeah, that's interesting because, uh, and again, with Rotten Tomatoes, I think you said, what's the, what's the number that it has to be at before it becomes rotten or so how many, what, what, if a critic rates it like a uh, 55 out of a hundred, is that rotten? Yeah. It's, I think it's 59 and above. 59. So if you, if you think it's a solid two and a half, two and a half star film, then that's effectively rotten. So. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess. If, enough, yeah. if everyone's saying it's a two and a half star film, star then film it's going to be rotten. True. Yeah, Very true. Hard. All right. Well, early thoughts. What What are you thinking for this one for Like Father? Yeah. So for something I, I, I felt was really, it, it, it felt like a really predictable, I've seen this before kind of premise. It ended up not only being a pretty enjoyable watch, but also something with a ton of heart. And it had some really nice messages about family and connection and, and particularly loneliness. So I think at times the film itself felt compelled to go down this romantic comedy, comedy type feel. And it focused on trying to get some generic laughs with those moments. Um, and that's when it kind of lost me a little bit when it did things that it felt like it had to do. But when it focused on the father daughter relationship and went into the depths of each character, I was actually really on board with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, on the surface, this one, didn't appeal to me one little bit and yet yeah, Netflix they're selling it as a comedy and it's not, it's not a comedy at all to me. It's, it's, it's a heartwarming film. Um, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I, my eyes uh, were glued to the screen throughout and I just wanted to see where this went. So I, I, I did like this one. I'm glad you said to sell it as a comedy because you even just looking at the poster, um, mm. it just looks like a classic comedy film, right? Like they're sitting in a, in the yacht or whatever, sorry, not the yacht, like the paddle boat. Like, oh, what sort of shenanigans are these two characters going to get up to? And um, so you go into the film expecting just a straight out comedy. And it's certainly, certainly not that. Did you have a percentage match? I forgot to ask. I didn't. Did you? Yeah, I had, I had a 59%, which is so Ooh. low for me. And I was really disappointed to see that. That's almost like Netflix saying, oh, don't bother. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're almost better removing that, getting rid of it. That's... um extremely low hmm. yeah for me especially hmm. especially for these kind of films yeah all right well this is where we jump in and talk about some of the characters from the film and i think we're probably going to start off with uh rachel for this film this is this is uh half her film i guess so what have you, what yep. have you got to say about rachel in this one yeah I'm, I'm probably a little bit more critical of this character and i think if it was done a little differently i would have liked the film more which and i, I did like the film but she kind of felt like a generic rom-com lead character. And I kind of wish she was a little bit more rounded from the start. So she didn't have to have this really big character arc to where she got to in the end. Uh, and I understand that she had to be the sort of person that was left at the altar because she was obsessed with her job. Um, but they didn't have to drum it into you so much that she was always on her phone all the time. I, ju I just need a little bit more substance in her character. Um, yep. But I did like the fact that her romantic resolution wasn't that important. And I'm glad they ignored it in the end. It wasn't like, oh, by the way, she got back with so-and-so or she got with Jeff or she found love. Good, I'm glad, because that wasn't important. Um, and with all that said, I also, I liked that it wasn't a situation where she had to choose between work and family at the end. It wasn't that clear cut, like, oh, okay, I've gone through all this and you know what, I'm going to quit my job. She just had to make more balance in her life. And that was important too, because... Again, this generic rom-com feel would make it seem like she probably found love in the end and she had to quit her job. And I like the fact that, no, no, this is a real person going through real things and she can do it all, but she just needs to find that balance. And I appreciated that about her as well. 
Yeah, I really, really like what you mentioned there about not needing for her to have a partner by the end of the film. And I'm scrounging through my notes to try and find it because I've got it in here somewhere and I'll probably, I'll probably repeat you later on with a scene or something <laughs> like that because I completely agree. I think that, um, yeah, her, while her character was yeah a little bit hard to because of the repetition with that constant use of the phone and the work obsession, that was all you really got from her. Um, but I think they, I enjoyed the setup that they gave you of her with, um, you know, this wedding that was a disaster because she was on her phone. And yes, it's obvious that, you know, when she puts that phone in that bouquet, that something's going to happen with that. And, um, I just, there are other little bits about the setup with her at home, sitting on the couch, just eating a meal by herself. Like it just felt normal. And I, I appreciated that that was, that setup was okay for me. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel because that I believed that that was her character, I guess. Um, yeah. Even though, yeah, possibly with the the whole development of her character throughout, it leads to, uh, yeah. It, it, I, yeah. I'll get to this later on because I, I think yeah, yeah, that um, with, without, um, and this is probably a good segue into Harry. I think that without um, Harry, that, yeah you wouldn't have any feelings for her character at all because harry mm. is just as important a character as her um especially with the way that you know i had more feels for him i had um i really enjoyed that the care that he showed for his daughter um and the regret that he shows for not being there for her throughout and um yeah it was just they they do these little slow reveals throughout about how he was trying to be there for her when she was younger and you know, this loss of his friend, Gabe, I just thought that that was a good way of doing this to show that he had this reason to rebuild this relationship. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. and, and I really liked the way that they shut down, like any inkling of him being there for the wrong reasons that they didn't, you know, yeah. turn that into some sort of cliche event that you've got to work through and get over and develop it. It was all shut down really quickly and nicely. And um, yeah, I just, I just like this idea that they are alike. And I think one of the characters said that to him, you guys are alike and, and they are, mm. they're both, they're both very similar to each other, which I thought was, was done fairly well. Um, what about you? I, I, I don't think that I, I could have, I could say it any better. And, and I think, Firstly, I agree. I, I thought he was a really likable character and that's, you know, that's important in itself. But I, I, I similarly, I love that his story mattered because I kind of felt like he was just going to be part of Rachel's story. And it seemed obvious at some point he was going to pass on some wisdom because he said that was similar. He'd lived a similar life from a, from a work perspective. I thought he was going to be there to help plaster over some cracks and we're a happy family again. And, and that's, that's what I thought the story was going to be. And by the end, I, I mean, you could argue this is actually Harry's story. Um, and, and he probably needed Rachel more than what he did. He needed Rachel more than she needed him. And you thought he was going to be coming in to save the day for her. So I just enjoyed that he had so much substance as a character. He had this backstory. He was the one that you knew that there were going to be more reveals about about and he kept making the story interesting because there was just something off where you're like what's that what's next what's next what's next and um yeah the Gabe story you you know that that probably just solidified everything for me and it was tied up together so beautifully so I I basically agree with everything you said and I'm going to segue a little bit and this is leading into a little bit about what you mentioned before as well I just wanted to briefly talk about Jeff who was played by Seth Rogen um I, I really enjoyed his character um, being there and into Rachel, but and you mentioned this before, it was good that it was just a hookup and that was all it was because it avoided that lame cliche that um, of having another love interest and another conflicting issue that, um, that Rachel needed to deal with. So, and like we've both mentioned, 
that made it more about this father daughter relationship, which made it more enjoyable because you're not focusing on all these different um, character relationships or different narratives. So um, that for me, I thought perfect casting, perfect little role. He didn't over, like, you know, he's a big name. He didn't. Mm. And the other, like, you know, Kelsey Grammer and, and, and Kristen Bell are, are big in themselves, but, you know, having Seth Rogen in there is almost like a, a chance for him to outshine with a bit of oh, yeah. you know, comedy and stuff. And, and it didn't get to that stage. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, I think, I, I think you're right. And I think Jeff almost in Rachel's world, because Rachel lives this really insular life where she's so engrossed in work and you don't get the feeling that she's got that many friends and um, you don't know much about her, her world outside of work and the fact that she was obviously a pretty shitty girlfriend, fiance. And it was nice for her to see that there's a guy like Jeff who is actually in a really simple position as she is. He's going through a breakup and he's doing it tough. And she's like, you know what? There's, there's good to see people like this that I'm allowed to hurt. They hurt. We can, we can come together and, and meet and make each other feel better. So um, it, it worked out that well way as well. And I like what you said about Seth Rogen. He certainly, he was a bit part in the film and he still, he was actually subtly funny more than anything else where normally Seth Rogen is just, you know, goddamn funny in your face kind of guy. So it worked out really well. Good. Are there any other characters that you wanted to talk about? I, I don't I think I'd have trouble going into any other characters with with any more depth that we've spoken about because they're all basically just in there to serve Rachel and Harry's story and they worked well but I just I can't really talk about them that much yep good um so you mentioned before Lauren uh, Miller is credited as Lauren Miller in this film but her name is Lauren Miller Rogan um been with Seth Rogan since 2011 I found it incredible this was her first and only feature film that she's done I I was just you know, she's been an actress in a lot of films that he's, he's in as well, but I'd, I'd love to see some more work from her. Um, I know she's done some shorts, but yeah, I've, I've been keen to watch something else. Yeah, I agree. From what I can gather, she's been around the traps for a very long time, whether it be just, you know, in assistant roles on productions and things like that. And then obviously met Seth Rogen, I think in like the early 2000s, just I'm guessing on set maybe because I said they've been in a lot of films together and she's just kind mm. of, followed him around a little bit but yeah I, I'm similar I'd, I'd be happy to see more and even just reading interviews with her I, I kind of like where, where her head's at I like where her mind's at um I think she's she's someone that I'd definitely seek more more work from good all right scene time this is uh where we jump in and look at some scenes we liked and we maybe didn't like what are some ones that you can roll us on with uh, that you enjoyed in this one yeah, there's a, there's a couple here. I, I, the first scene that I did like was when they met the others in their group at breakfast. I think I was starting to get a little bit worried that this was going to be a, a story on a cruise ship where you can't get off, but we're only going to follow two characters. And it was nice that more characters were introduced to help them get out, get themselves out of their own their own shell and things like that. So that was that was quite nice. Um, oh man, <laughs> mate, I I laughed so hard when they were doing that game show type thing and the question, and they obviously had their pre preconceived answers that they were going to say. And they said, what were the girls that Harry dated before he met you? And the answer was black. I, I cannot tell you how much I was laughing, Jesse. I was, I was almost on the floor in tears laughing at that. I really, uh, I really enjoyed that, that, that planning that went into that game show as well. And, and just even, you know, like the, the humor in it, but also there's that towards the end, they did that trust fall. And I just really liked that these little bits that she's leaning more towards her dad. Like, uh, yeah, I, I thought that whole setup in that, that game show, cause that, that could really um, be a scene that is a horrible scene, but I think they did that really well for what it was. Yeah, I agree. Very funny. 
mate. <laughs> I was I was done. I was echoing through the whole house. Um, the scene at the top of the waterfall when they had a bit of a deep and meaningful, and, and she started crying. And I just I, I think I just really needed to see her cry, and I needed to see them being honest with each other. And I think it's worth noting that that waterfall and that entire scenery was beautiful as well. Uh, it was just a really comforting and important scene uh, for the whole film. Yeah. I'd, and then uh, from the, then... Uh, I'll just cut... Like, uh, I agree with you, but just so I don't double up on this again when I yeah, get yeah. to mine. But um, yeah, I I think I really enjoyed that too. And I really liked the lead up and the follow up from that, that moment that they had as well. Cause it starts off with him throwing that phone in the water, just saying this yeah. is enough, this is enough. And I really appreciated that he was happy that or confident enough that he could do that without losing her, even though he didn't really have her properly yet. Um, I just thought that was, that was really, really good as well. And then the follow one where they, they have this montage of them doing all these bonding scenes together. Like it was just all tied in nicely in this one little scene that, that revolves around this beautiful, beautiful lagoon, I guess is what you said. And, mm. you know, they play mini golf and, and, and there's just this, they do mini golf flying Fox, all these little things. And then the fight, you see this scene where she sees her phone sitting on the table and then just decides to leave it and walk off out of the room without picking it up. I just, that whole little segment was great. Yeah, good call, good call. Well, well summed up. Um, I thought the Gabe review was cool. Uh, it was certainly not what not what I was expecting. A lot of this movie, as I said, was a bit of a cardboard cutout, um, but this gave it a lot of heart and it gave us a beautiful backstory. As you know, that I love a movie that makes me think and take stock, and this is exactly what it did in this situation. You know, what would you do in this situation that he was in? And it was a big reason why I loved Harry as a character. I thought the subplot of Gabe was phenomenal. I really do. Mm, I agree. Um, I'm going to change tune a little bit because I, the next scene I've got is Seth Rogen doing karaoke singing. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> <laughs> just, it wasn't that funny, but just seeing it. When you touch me like this. Um, and there was, a, <laughs> there was a line not long after where uh, Rachel said, a few days isn't going to make a difference when she's talking about taking more time off work. And I thought that was really poignant and a really big part of the film because it's true. And, and it's something that we should all think about in our own lives. We get so caught up in what we think is important that we don't worry about the important things. And in the big scheme of the world, if you take two or three days off work to do something that is probably going to be a really important thing for you or your family, then just do it because at the end of the day, it's just a few bits of work that you're not going to do that you'll catch up on. So I, I just, a simple line, but it, it meant a lot to me. Um, mm. And then the last scene that I do have is when, when Harry comes back home and he sits and he sits in Gabe's room um, for all the stress and all the pain that he's going through with his relationship with his daughter, the inevitability of him having to relocate his life and everything that's weighing on him he's still mourning his friend. And that's the one thing that is in the front of his mind through all of this is that Gabe's gone. And he comes home after what was a pretty tumultuous little ending to his trip. And he sits in that room because that's still the thing that's most important to him. And, and uh, when he got into the house, I was just like, please go to the Gabe's room. Please, please go to <laughs> Gabe's room. And he did it. And I was, yeah, I just thought it was a wonderful scene. And, and it just showed what that movie was really all about. And, and I think that that balance of character that I spoke about, Harry, was such a three-dimensional character um and and that's what makes a good film so it was it was really important scene hmm. and that's it yep i agree nice good good bunch of scenes i like that that was hmm. good job i've we've we've matched up on a few but i've got a couple um of others that just i enjoyed and um i'll start off I know that the rachel being on her phone was repetitive i get that i get that maybe it was a little bit overdone but 
I just really liked how little connection she had with people unless it had to do with work and just her ability to throughout the film to not fit in with a group of people that are with because all her focus is his work. And I really liked the comparison that they had with Harry and his phone ringing multiple times and him ignoring it. And I just really liked the the comparison or the, the clear distinction between the two that it was just, it was just nice that, and I, I get it was probably done a little bit too much, but I still appreciated that. Um, yeah, nice. I, I really enjoyed the the first time that, you know, Harry goes over to Rachel's place and says, do you want to go for a drink? And they go out and there's just this montage of them just bonding straight up, even though you know that there's been this, this conflict in their relationship almost, but you know, they're playing chess, they're laughing, they're eating pizza, getting beers blind. in the park. Yeah. Getting <laughs> blind. It was just, it was just nice to, um, to see them together. Um, even though that, you know, that there's tension. Um, I just, I just thought that was a nice little setup. Um, I had a bit of a laugh when they wake up on the cruise and, and they're in the same room and Rachel's was like, you know, we're going to get separate rooms. And she goes down to the desk and the person at the desk is like, you know, Oh, congratulations. She's like, Oh, that's my dad. Gross. <laughs> I, had a I, thought that, I thought that was funny. Um, I, I, I didn't know whether I should put this in things I didn't like, or I did like, but I'm going to put it with what I did like. And Harry, lying there trying to sleep constantly looking at the clock because Rachel's not back and him, him going to um, the room to see where she was with Jeff. And I just liked that it showed that he cared about her, even though, you know, she has that line where she says something about you haven't for 26 years. I still thought it was all right. I I just, so why were you considering putting it in the scenes that you didn't like? Because I was like, do you really need to go to the room? But I I did (laughs) like seeing him concerned. That's, I think that was more than what I took out Uh, of it. Um, right. Jeff being weird and creepy when he, after that night and he goes and joins him at breakfast. I just thought that, um, <laughs> the, the gay couple said something like, you know, um, ask Rachel if they can get her some maple syrup. Um, or did she have enough last night? <laughs> I thought that was, that was funny. Um, and then followed by, you know, Jeff being this full on and, and just that apology between the two. Sorry for leading you on. Sorry for being full on. It was just done nicely. Like it was so, so good. Um, the apology was nice. You're right. Hmm. Um, Rachel confronting her dad for thinking that he was trying to steal her money because of these debt collectors. And I just liked that it was literally straight up tells her the truth. We don't get some drawn out crap. I just really loved it that it didn't go into something that didn't need to be. I just thought that was a good way of dealing with it. Oh yeah. Um, and finally the, the, after they, they spread Gab, uh, Gabe's ashes over the side of the, the ship, there's just this shot that stays on Rachel's face and Harry's talking and he says something like, you know, um, I've got family now. And I, I just love that. I just thought that was awesome because yes, Gabe's gone, but he's made this connection with Rachel on this trip. And I just really, I just had the hearts for that. That was, that was lovely. <laughs> no, nah, all the Gabe stuff got me, got me going yeah. as well. Good. All right. What are some, is there anything that you didn't like in this one? Uh, there's only, only two things. Um, this is just at the start. Obviously she gets left at the altar. She goes to work gets through that meeting really well, but then she has that meltdown at work, which was fine. Um, but then I kind of got, I took all of that as her being mad at herself and her recognizing an issue in herself. And then when she sort of got home, it was her being really pissed off at her partner. And I just got confused with those two meltdowns because, you know, leaving it, leaving at the altar is obviously a big thing, but, I thought it was going to be a nice way of her figuring out that she was doing the wrong thing. And I just got confused and all that. And it didn't, it just, it just didn't kind of work as well as, as, as it should have. So um, okay. the only other say that I have is the fight they had about her coming home late. I, 
I didn't like it. I didn't need it. That was one of those scenes that felt like we got to put this in because it's a rom-com or that kind of genre film. And it's going to be fun and funny and people are going to talk about it like, oh, where's my daughter? It's 3am. Where have you been? Like, nah, didn't need it. It didn't feel like Harry. That was probably the thing. I get, I, 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 fair enough that he cared about her. I didn't yeah. doubt that he did care about her, to be honest, by that point. Um, and it just, it, it just didn't add anything to the film for me. And it, it just went a bit off character for me. Yeah. They, I think, I, yeah, I liked the, the parts prior to him actually going to the room, I guess. So they could have done it where they just had him constantly. And then he could have confronted her once she actually came back to the room rather than needing to go. Um, he could have just said to her, Hey, I've been sitting up all night worried about you almost rather than, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They, you're know. right. Yeah. They they overcommitted to that, yeah. to, that yeah. to that little bit. And it wasn't, it just wasn't needed. Yep. Good. Um, the, and I liked, you sort of probably given me a little bit more context and a bit more liking for the conclusion of the film through um, Harry going back to to Gabe's room and sitting there. So I like that. But at the same time, I probably would have preferred the film to sort of finish on them getting off the cruise ship together in a good mood and being okay then rather than her needing to go back to work. I, I like the bit where Gabe, she, he could have gone back to Gabe's room with her. And I just don't, I didn't really need that extra 10 minutes where she goes back to work and has to realize again, when I feel like she's done that on the ship already. And like that resolution was done. She could have continued that holiday, gone back with her dad. And it could have been a nice, nice follow through rather than chopping it up a bit. It's a good point. It was almost like they, cause as soon as she got the promotion, mm-hmm. she was back to like old Rachel. And it was almost like this little red herring and, I think they did it okay that Harry was kind of like, uh, I didn't quite get the breakthrough that I wanted. That's a bit mm. shit, but you know what? It was progress. And then, yeah, for her to go through all that, it was, I guess it was a stronger way for her to sort of really realize it herself. But you're right. I think her resolution was a bit choppy. I, I still mm. kind of liked Harry's though. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, um, this is where we have a chat about what the movie was trying to say. Some ideas. I think we've both touched on these a little bit already, but Phyllis and MJ, what's, what's this movie saying? Yeah, it's saying a lot and it's it's really powerful in, in the, the themes that it brings up are really simple and really everyday themes. And um, I just, I love the idea of loneliness and I love the way it tackles that idea of loneliness and the perception of loneliness versus what loneliness actually is. And, and you know, I think Harry might even say at some point, like, I'm really lonely. And uh, I think Rachel is lonely without knowing she's lonely. And, and I think we need to realise that loneliness is, is, is such a dangerous thing. Um, and getting that balance in your life. And that probably comes to another theme is that idea of work-life balance, but also, you know, family support and family balance and friendship support and all this kind of stuff. It, it, it ties into each other, which is why it works so nicely. Um, but it still has something to say about every single one of them. And then finally, the idea of living in the now. And I mean, how can you have a vacation movie without having an idea of living in the now as a, as a viewer, you want to watch it and get it, get excited by it. But um, it, it ties up all its themes so well and it makes it quite a wholesome but important oh, we, important might not be the right word but it feels like you're getting something out of this film when you watch it I've, I've got the same things that you've you've said just in different words I guess because yep. I think that, that that's what they want you to take out of this one you know the, you've mentioned this balance of work life and family life and you know, as well as forgiveness a little bit too. You've got to be able to, to, to get past, move on, forgive each other um, through this tension between a father and daughter almost that, you know, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't matter whether you're on a ship or whether you've had 26 years apart. There's always, there's always going to be some sort of tension between 
um, you know, children and, and their parents. Um, and it sort of leads in a bit to like the, the focus, her focus on communication is through this addiction almost to technology and her phone, but there's this, this importance of honest communication. If they're honest with each other, they're, they're able to, to move forward and, and rebuild this relationship. So yeah, I think, um, it was nice. It, was, it had this nice message in it. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. What did you take away from this one? I, I firstly want to say it had a lot of similarities to forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> the idea of getting dumped, going on a luxury vacation and Kristen Bell. <laughs> like, it was, it was different. Christian Bell, Christian Bell's in like a reverse role for it, but I, I, I couldn't stop shaking that feeling of forgetting Sarah Marshall. Very different film, but a lot of similarities, but um look i actually really enjoyed watching it in the moment and i kind of cringe at a couple of the bad scenes and a couple of the annoying rachel character stuff that i mentioned um it takes away from the film a little bit but i just think it's worth noting that the film is more than meets the eye this is and we spoke about what the perception of this film is before you watch it versus what it actually is and it's more than just a stock comedy or a stock romantic comedy with, you know, pretty, pretty big names. It's there's, there's some heart and some substance in it. Um, with that said, I, I don't know what situation I'd recommend it in. Um, Cause I don't think you can go into this film expecting a masterpiece, but because if someone said they loved romantic comedies or comedies with heart, then I don't, I don't know whether they'd be disappointed if I said, ah, oh, this is the one you have to see. I think if someone said, should I see it? I'd say yes. But I, I'd, I'd struggle, you know, really saying, hey, make sure you go and see Like Father, despite it being really good. I think you need, you don't need to have your expectations yet through the roof to really enjoy it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. I've, yeah. It was, it was genuinely nice. That, that, that was the best way I could put it up. Like I was expecting it to be a bit lame and it wasn't. And I thought yeah. the performances were good. The cliches were, like you mentioned, were there, but they were, they were broken just like enough to give you something else. It wasn't like they specifically followed every cliche and made sure that they did those, those jokes or those, those setups exactly how you're expecting them all the time. Cause it did break away a little bit from what you used to. So I think that that sort of stood out a little bit for me. Yeah. That's all right. Cool. Um, IMDb time. Did you jump onto IMDb to look anyone up? Three times, Jesse. Wow. That's a lot. It's dedicated. I know. I know. I guess it's one of those films with familiar faces, but firstly, Character's name was Dan. Didn't know it was Dan, but he was the um, the big fat black guy in the relationship in their um, group. I, I wrote that down. I wrote down all those characters. His wife was Beth. The old oh, couple yeah. were Shirley and Leonard, and the gay couple were Steve and Jim. Yeah. Steve and Jim get their name. Actually, no, they all got their names here, but Dan didn't ring a bell for me. I had the red on IMDb. But did you recognize him at all? No. <laughs> What's he from? He is the UPS guy from Set It Up. Oh God! <laughs> Do you remember the scene in the elevator? Yes. <laughs> the guy who takes all his clothes off. I do. Yeah. That's him. That was one of, that was that was one of, your, that was one of your favorite scenes. <laughs> it's a classic. His name is Leonard Outs. Uh, I think he's a comedian, but yeah, I saw him like yeah. I. I think you might be the guy from Set It Up, and it was so. That's a good pickup. Um, very good pickup. <laughs> it was. My second one was Steve, who was who was one of the the gay couple, probably the one that was less nosy. The one who wasn't a therapist. <laughs> um, he, his name is Zach Appleman. He played Agent Phil Doyle in a TV show called The Passage, which unfortunately only got one season. Um, came out last year or year before, and it was based on a really, really good series of books, which I loved. And I was hanging out for that series for a long time. And 
he was in it. So that's what I mentioned that. Stephen, Stephen King highly recommends the, the trilogy of those books. So um, if you want to read the passage, Justin Cronin, isn't it? Justin Cronin. Yep. They're three excellent books. They're big books. They're all about eight, 900 pages, but it's, it's a great series. I was completely hooked on them. Um, and finally the wedding photographer, uh, <laughs> scraping the barrel. Like, well, because I saw her straight away and I'm like, who are you? What are you in? Her name is Kamiko Glenn. She's in Orange is the New Black, which I don't watch, but my wife watches it. So I see a bit of it. I think she's kind of a main sort of character in Orange is the New Black, but there's three people where I'm like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And that's why we love having easy access to actors when we're watching films. Cause we look at it every single time we watch. Good. Um, I jumped on only once. So sorry to disappoint. Uh, didn't, didn't go the three, <laughs> the three page, but um, I looked up Frank, her boss who was played by Brett Gelman. Um, oh yeah. 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 So bunch of stuff. The only thing I could possibly think that I recognized him was, was he's in a couple of episodes of the league. He played a character called Gavin in the league. And that's the only thing that I okay. think I recognize him from. So he's, he's in stranger things. You watch stranger things? Yes. He's, he's in the fourth season, isn't he? No, no, he's he's the guy. He's one of the main guys in the third season. First, because I've I've only watched the first two seasons so far. So uh, okay. yeah, maybe maybe he's I'd in the second season. A, he's in the second season a little yeah, bit, and then okay. he's like a main maybe. guy in the third. Yeah, maybe that's um, what it was. He from. he is in like one or two episodes of the league. One of the episodes, one of the uh, he's in like a scene. Like that's it. He's like a friend. He's a dad of one of Kevin and and Jenny's daughter's friends. He's in one of the funniest scenes of the league that I have ever seen. And if I could find it, I'm going to send it to you because it gets me every single time. He's basically he plays a guy who because Kevin's a lawyer and Kevin put this guy in jail like a few years ago and then they meet because their kids are friends and like Kevin recognizes him straight away and he recognizes him straight away and it's just hilarious. So I'll try and find Good. it and send it to you. Good. Looking forward to it. All right. Question time. This is where, have you got anything that you'd like to ask me about this film? The only thing I want to ask you, it's not even about the film, but have you ever been on a cruise? Oh, oh, you stole one of my questions. (laughs) I've I've literally, literally been here. Have you ever been on a cruise? Um, The the closest I've been on the inter Islander uh, from the North to the South Island of New Zealand. Um, And I've done, I've done the, the ship from um, Dover to, Calais from UK to France. I think they're the two ships that I've done. That's it though. What about you? I haven't even done the Nothing. spirit of Tasmania. Nothing. No, nah, neither have I. Neither have I. It's so hard to justify doing the spirit of Tasmania because you basically lose like a day or a day and a half and it costs a lot of money. So. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I haven't. I, I, I've never that been that interested in doing it because I kind of feel like it's a bit restrictive, but I guess if you did it in like the Caribbean, it would be great. Um, mm. You get the cruise lifestyle. Plus you get to go visit all the islands and whatnot so um but no i've never been on one. Oh, good is that is that the is that all you got that's all i got sorry i like that was great i love that um all right i've got um a couple for you so there was a and this is to do with the cruises as well there was a lot of mm-hmm. online hate about the product placement of the royal caribbean cruises in this film i didn't like after the film i didn't even like i just thought they're on a cruise did it bother you at all? Did did it was it in your mind that this was like a big product placement? So, firstly, I didn't even notice it. Okay. Secondly, that's the sort of product placement that I actually don't even mind because mm. it it's somewhat authentic in what they're doing. And you get, you get a location out of it, like <laughs> yeah, but it's also not like um, just putting a Coca Cola in someone's hand because they have to have a Coca Cola. In this situation, they're actually on a cruise and wouldn't you rather than be on an authentic cruise ship than just a made up one? I don't know. It just feels 100%. more real. 
Good. Um, this one, you spoke about this guy, Dan, before, who the black guy. His karaoke hey, song. Dan. What was his karaoke song? I can't even remember. It was a Backstreet Boys song. I literally wrote down straight away. I was like, MJ, did you sing along? <laughs> Which when one I, was it? I wanted that prepared, way, I think, Yeah, I think it was, I want it that <laughs> I thought, I thought you were all over it. Uh, no, I don't even remember it, to be honest. I would have enjoyed it. I love Backstreet Boys. Um, but, you know, they get used a lot in these kinds of things. It's a, yeah. a, a wonderful band. All right, good. Last one. Um, did you like that she didn't stay angry with Harry at the end? Are you happy that there was that resolution? Oh, for sure. You mean for, for abandoning her as a child? Yeah, I just liked that. I, I guess the lead, like what I mean by this question is at the end, there was like that sort of hesitation about, you know, it's a bit early for me to say, I love you. How about we start by oh, going yeah. inside? So do you think that was a good way to finish it rather than just being happy, joyous Sorry. at the end? Sorry, that's probably 100%. a better way of putting it. Yep. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, it w- it would have actually felt weird if she had said "I love you" as well. It would have been like, ah, oh, come on, like there's a few, there's a bit more to bury here. Like, it's a great start, and I'm all for him saying it to her because she hasn't wronged him the way he's wronged her. Um, it was, yeah, it was really well handled. Good. I'm glad. All right. Well, that's uh, our show almost done. So we're up to the part where we give the film a rating out of five, and then we work out a flicks for average. So MJ, what's your your final thoughts for like father. Yeah, I I enjoyed watching this movie. Um, it wasn't groundbreaking. It wasn't even overly memorable, but I laughed at the funny stuff and I appreciated the heart in it. I really appreciated the heart in it. Um, it's a really high three for me. Not quite three and a half, but it's a high three. Good. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't expecting to like this one. I probably mentioned that at the start and I'm not sure whether that's because... I've tried so much of Kristen Bell stuff. Like I've tried Veronica Mars. I've tried a good place. Couldn't get into either of those, but then, you know, I do like her in forgetting Sarah Marshall. And then because of that, I was like, but that, that wasn't this role either. So I was a little bit conflicted thinking about, you know, where I was going to go with this one. And, but I thought she was good in this. And I I thought Kelsey Grammer was excellent. I thought he was, he was really good. Um, You know, so different to, to Frasier. Um, The scenes that they had together, worked well um and i think for a directorial debut this this was an excellent film it's a it's a great starting point so i'm giving this a three and a half which will give us a fixed form average of 3.25 which is quite high I like very nice it. yep yeah it's 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 quite nicely so we are on right. social media we have twitter we have facebook we have instagram and this sort of to- leads off from what we were mentioning before but would this be better classified as a drama rather than a comedy Yeah, I don't know. Mm, it's a hard one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cuz there were some laughs, but it it I feel like you you get a a better like yeah, it's not a comedy to me. It's not. But it's I'm also just, not a drama. It's not either, yeah. Like it's not a so, it's not a Shawshank Redemption or a, you know, like No. It's mm. it's a dramedy. <laughs> like Drama, yeah. yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It's hard to categorize. So comedy with heart. Thoughts, that's kind of what you want to Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, um, we're back again next week with another episode and we have another comedy next week, but this is a black comedy from 2018. And this one is called The Package and it's directed by Jake Sumansky. It stars Daniel Doherty, Geraldine Vizwanathan, Sadie Calvano, Luke Spencer Roberts and Eduardo Franco. Mm. So I, um, I have not seen this film, but I know of this film. Um, 
Okay. Remember, remember, yeah, remember when it came out, the uh, the marketing for this one was a eggplant emoji. Um, so yes, I I think I know what this film is about. I haven't read about it, but I think I know what it's about. Interesting. I have no idea. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to watching hey, I forgot it. To mention, any thoughts? Yeah. I forgot to mention how nice it was to hear, because uh, obviously Kelsey Grammer was singing in this film, so how nice it was to have like a Sideshow Bob singing. Uh, performance because <laughs> I love Sideshow Bob's voice in The Simpsons. It was nice to have it back. Kelsey Graham's got a very nice singing voice. Good. Good. Well, you've got a very nice voice and it's been very nice listening <laughs> to you today. So, so thank you for this. Anyway. <laughs> and um, we will be back again and we'll speak again soon. I'm looking forward to it, mate. Talk, talk to you later.